Welcome to the Willie Jackerson Experiment. I'm your host, the one, the only, Willie Jackerson. Oh, awesome. I really appreciate you guys joining me every week. Um, it's so special that I can come up with these ideas um, on a whim and just kind of go with them. Uh, the one this week that I thought of was Mortal Kombat. And I thought it was so funny kind of thinking about it because growing up, uh, we used to learn how to do all the different uh, moves and they would have like, fatalities, brutalities, friendships. Like they would have all these different moves and they would put them out in like almost like a comic book fashion kind of. So um, I go back to uh, my roots with uh variant comics um and they always do such a great job uh explaining stuff and then uh i found uh little v and uh richard eb doing a metal song so i threw that in there um i already had the uh 331 e-rock one up in there already in my playlist and the mile high metal playlist so that's still up in there um, i didn't feature it this episode um, but you can always go in there and check it out. And I have uh, a special metal trump from uh, Lars Ron Retriever. Uh, so if you go subscribe to Lars Ron Retriever's channel, you'll get all his new metal trumps every time they come out. He has new ones come out quite a bit, especially, uh, you know, anytime Trump's in the news, then, you know, you get a new one coming out. And he just hit 200,000 subs last week, so... Or a few weeks ago, whenever, uh, maybe about a month ago now, but uh, that was pretty awesome to see him hit that milestone on his channel, and uh, his, he puts a lot of really good content out. So, um, really excited to bring you guys all these sweet episodes every week. So, I really appreciate everyone joining every week. Um, it's been a real awesome ride for me, and uh, I really. Uh, have been trying to get out there and do different topics, different stuff that uh, nobody else is doing in podcasting. So I'm going to try a new thing today to go out for next week's podcast. So stay tuned and see if what I'm trying to do for next week actually works out. Um, I'm optimistic um, that it can work, but I'm still not sure that all my equipment's gonna work um i've been trying to make a mobile setup where i can go mobile and uh so i'm trying that and uh we'll see we'll see next week next week's episode should be a remote mobile um podcast location so i'm gonna try to do a live uh from fort collins so we'll see if it works out today i'm gonna try it out and see if i can do it But, at the same time, I'm still going to make sure I find a cool topic for next week. And, hopefully, everyone enjoys this week's. So, thanks for all the love, all the support. Everyone's been great. I really appreciate it. And, thanks for everyone following and sending me great reviews and great comments. Appreciate y'all. And, uh, we'll see you next week. And, remember, make every day an easy day. Peace. Come on. And we will make a 
again. Under the light where we stand tall, nobody touches us at all. Show down, shoot out, spread here within, without it. We cannot take what we're proud to have. Spread the word throughout our land. They say, bad guys, wear black, wear thick, and you can't turn back. You see, coming and you all together, run for cover. We're taking over this town. Here we come, reach for your gun, and you better listen well, my friend. You see, it's been slow, down low, aim at you with a power hell. It's done again, we won, they talk, it's all your tail, friend, cause I'm on, you're doomed. Coming for you with a power boys from hell. What's up my comic comrades, with Mortal Kombat 1 almost upon us, we thought it would be fun to talk about the history or evolution, if you will, of the Mortal Kombat franchise as a whole. Mortal Kombat at its core is a game franchise, but over its three decades of existence has become so successful it spawned into several movies, shows, cartoons, and more. So today we're going to talk about all of it running down the evolution of the greatest fighting game franchise of all time. I'm looking at you Street Fighter, you ain't touching MK. Alright, so Mortal Kombat was created by Ed Boon and John Tobias and first released on October 8th of 1992. The game was released on Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Amiga for PC, and of course, arcade cabinets. God, I miss arcades. I mean, you could still find them, but they're not nearly as commonplace as they were in the 90s. Many of Friday and Saturday nights were spent at arcades. My dad would take me, it was fantastic. Anyway, let's start by talking about the story or plot for Mortal Kombat, which has only been expanded upon with every game to follow the original release. The story and game take place on Earth Realm, where a legendary tournament is being held by Shang Tsung on a remote island. Seven of its locations act as steps in the game. We learned that the sorcerer Shang Tsung was banished from Earthrealm 500 years ago, but with enlisting the help of the humanoid dragon Goro, Shang is able to take control of the Mortal Kombat tournament and in doing so, attempts to take over the realm. The crazy part is, for the last 500 years, Goro has won every tournament, giving him nine wins in a row. And if Goro can pull off a 10th consecutive win, Shao Kahn, Shang Tsung's boss so to speak, and Emperor of Outworld, would be able to take Earthrealm for himself according to the rules of Mortal Kombat. In order to stop this from happening, three of Earth's greatest warriors, Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade, must enter the tournament and win saving Earth. They are guided along the way by Raiden, the Thunder God who possesses control over lightning. The funny thing is, most of the backstory wasn't even given to us in the first Mortal Kombat game, but rather in its coinciding 1992 Mortal Kombat comic published by Midway and written by MK co-creator John Tobias. That's right, even for Mortal Kombat, comics were the best way to lay down the backstory. And since we're first and foremost a comic book based channel, let's talk for a second about all the Mortal Kombat comic books over the years. First, you have the Mortal Kombat one-shot I just mentioned, simply titled Mortal Kombat from 1992, published by Midway, and that gave us much of the backstory for the Mortal Kombat universe. This comic is awesome and it has nostalgia written all over it, especially if you owned it as a kid in the 90s. The art I think is fantastic and again it details the origins of Mortal Kombat, showing us the three Earth warriors that were chosen to defend Earth's realm. You got Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade. The comic even gives us the introduction of Scorpion and Sub-Zero's rivalry, probably the greatest rivalry in all of the franchise, from two of the most popular characters of the franchise. Man, those original ninja outfits that were just color swaps between all the ninjas were dope. I dig all the new, more personalized designs for Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, and so on, but there's something to be said about the simplicity of just changing the color for all of them. I don't know, maybe it's just nostalgia, but I love seeing them in their classic ninja outfits. Anyway, the comic plays out much like the first live-action Mortal Kombat movie from 1995, and that's mainly because they pulled from 
from this comic book. And if you know anything about me, I'm all about respecting the source material. And that's what they did, which is one of the main reasons the first Mortal Kombat movie is still the best Mortal Kombat live action movie, hands down. Anyway, from here, we would get another Mortal Kombat book in 1993 in the form of Mortal Kombat 2 Collector's Edition, which as you may have guessed, ties into the Mortal Kombat 2 game. This book is responsible for giving us the comic first appearance of Shao Kahn, Jax, Kintaro, Reptile, Baraka, Melina, and more. It's another comic that I highly recommend you guys read that has nostalgia written all over it, at least for me. Then in 1994, they released the Mortal Kombat 7 issue miniseries through Malibu Comics. We also got the Mortal Kombat Goro Prince of Pain 3 issue series, which is a story focusing all around Goro being transported to Earth by a mysterious sorcerer named Zagat, who basically looks like a Gandalf Joker hybrid. And then there's also the Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition, also published by Malibu. MK over the years would go on to have several conflict titles, including the more recent Mortal Kombat X series that lasted 12 issues and was published by DC Comics. The comic follows the rebooted timeline that took place at the end of Mortal Kombat 9, which we see set in motion in Mortal Kombat X and 11, but more on the rebooted timeline later. Now it's time to get into the actual games. Okay, so there has been a total of 26 main, spin-off, and complete edition games for Mortal Kombat over its three decades of existence. That is what we like to call a butt-ton, ladies and gentlemen, and guess what? I'm gonna name every single freaking one of them. You have Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, Mortal Kombat 4, Mortal Kombat Gold, Mortal Kombat Special Forces, Mortal Kombat Advance, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, Mortal Kombat Tournament Edition, Mortal Kombat Deception, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, Mortal Kombat Unchained, Ultimate Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe, one of my favorites for obvious reasons, Mortal Kombat from 2011, aka Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat Completion Edition, Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat Mobile, Mortal Kombat XL, Mortal Kombat 11, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, and Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. And then there's the yet-to-be-released Mortal Kombat 1, which will be the 27th installment in the game franchise. We actually got an early copy of MK1, and we're going to be giving you our thoughts on it in an upcoming History of Liu Kang episode. But needless to say, we are not going to be breaking down every single game because that would be a very, very long video. But we will break down what you need to know going into Mortal Kombat 1. So it all basically starts in the 2006 Mortal Kombat Armageddon game. The super simplified version of what's going on in the storyline of this game is by this time in the Mortal Kombat universe, the combatants of the realms were getting too strong and big for the realms to handle. Because of this, the warrior's powers threatened to destroy the very fabric of the Mortal Kombat universe. In short, this would all lead to Armageddon for the realms. Anyway, in the continuity or canon ending of the game, Shao Kahn defeated Blaze, a fire spawn who was created by the Elder Gods to kill as many fighters as it could in order to save the realms from its impending Armageddon. With Blaze out of the picture, Raiden was the last remaining hope, at which point he uses a shattered amulet to send his past self a cryptic message in order to prevent Armageddon before Shao Kahn kills him with his newly reacquired godlike power. This brings us all the way to Mortal Kombat 9 from 2011, where Raiden uses the knowledge he acquired from his future self to reboot the timeline, taking the story back to the original MK trilogy. This timeline change would give us a whole new era for Mortal Kombat with the next two releases, Mortal Kombat X and MK11. And now more currently in the upcoming MK1 game, Liu Kang, who is essentially a god now after the events of MK11, is going to be resetting the timeline yet again, giving us a brand new start for the Mortal Kombat game franchise. The game looks awesome, so I'm totally down to see where this is all headed as the trailers tell us you could choose different paths. Characters like Sub-Zero and Scorpion could be brothers or enemies, so I'm very curious to see how that all plays out. The MK games will always be the heart and soul of the franchise as that's the core and where it all started. But because of the brilliance of the game, it's been made into movies, TV shows, and more. So let's talk about that. First and foremost, we have what I still think is the best live action Mortal Kombat movie, hands down, and that is 
the first Mortal Kombat live action movie from 1995. I've must have watched this movie every single day for a month straight when it was released on VHS. Not only that, my dad took me to see this opening weekend, which is a core memory. I was eight years old, I'd pretty much played all the games, had trading cards, a bunch of the action figures, and I got to see the movie live action on the big screen. Man, I miss the 90s. Sure, the movie by today's standards isn't the best, so call it nostalgia, whatever you want, but I love it still and think it's the best MK movie to date. I'll die on that hill. I mean, the theme song alone is iconic. That song was played everywhere on the radio, clubs. You couldn't get away from the epic Mortal Kombat theme song this movie gave us. Anyway, next up we have Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Now, this movie is widely considered to be a train wreck as it was a massive downgrade from the first film. The budget clearly wasn't as big. Several of the actors didn't return to reprise their roles, but hey, I still liked it, which is clearly because of childhood memories, but I don't know what to tell you. But it did give us Shao Kahn, who was teased at the end of the first film, also an updated Scorpion costume, the second Sub-Zero, and the introduction of Rain, Ermac, Shiva, Baraka, and more. So yes, the movie is pretty terrible, but I have fond memories of it. Then we have the 2021 Mortal Kombat film, which I wasn't really a fan of at all. I'm actually kind of shocked it's getting a sequel, considering most people weren't a fan of this film either, especially us Mortal Kombat fans, but hopefully they get it right the second time around. Now, even though that's the for live-action Mortal Kombat movies as of now, that is not the end for live-action Mortal Kombat. Not one bit. Because in 98, we got a live-action Mortal Kombat television series called Mortal Kombat Conquest, which got one season and ran for a total of 22 episodes. Yet again, as a kid, I loved this series. I was never able to watch all of it because back then it was a lot harder to catch TV shows and find out what time, channel, and day they aired. But I did watch a good chunk of it, specifically all the episodes I'd catch with Scorpion and Sub-Zero. It served as a prequel for the first Mortal Kombat film, which is why costumes for characters like Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, and so on are ripped right out of the first film. Nonetheless, this series has a cult following for us MK fans, and I'm part of it. But that's not it, because Mortal Kombat also got Mortal Kombat Legacy in 2011. It ran for two seasons with a total of 19 episodes and originally served as an online web series. The series was originally meant to be a rebooted movie with a more grounded take on the Mortal Kombat universe, but Warner Brothers and New Line declined and instead greenlighted it for a web series. It was actually pretty well received, and I know I personally dug it. Next, we have a tie-in and or prequel to the first Mortal Kombat film, which I feel is highly underrated, and that is Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins Straight to Home Video Movie. This served as an unofficial prequel to the first MK film, releasing the same year. I must have watched this thing I don't even know how many times, like all the time. The video featured traditional 2D animation and CG Pixar-style animation, which is horrible by today's standards, but that Scorpion and Sub-Zero CG fight, I would rewind and watch over and over. And the film was only 54 minutes long and included a 15-minute behind-the-scenes documentary of the live-action film. This release was so good and has some of my favorite Mortal Kombat memories tied to it. But it doesn't end there. No, it does not, because when 1996 rolled around, we got the Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm animated series. This series was awesome, and I would watch it all the time on the USA Network. However, it was very short-lived, only getting one season and a total of 13 episodes. One of the cool things about the series was we got to see a bunch of good guys in the MK universe, hence the series being called Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. In any case, the Defenders consisted of Liu Kang, Curtis Stryker, Sonya Blade, Jax, Katana, Sub-Zero, the good one, and Nightwolf. And lastly, we have the Mortal Kombat Legends animated movies that started back in 2020. The first was Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, which was awesome. Then this led into Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms, which then would give us Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind, all of which I highly recommend you watch. But with all that said, now we wait for the new Mortal Kombat game, which will reboot the game franchise, as well as waiting for the sequel to the 2021 Mortal Kombat film. Needless to say, we are not going to have any shortage of Mortal Kombat in years to come, and I could 
couldn't be more happy about that. Because again, it's the greatest fighting game of all time. The Injustice games are pretty close, but that's because it's basically just Mortal Kombat with DC characters. In fact, the Injustice games are made by the same game studio, NetherRealm, that makes the MK games, so no shock there. That wraps up our evolution and or history of Mortal Kombat. It's been a blast to go over all the awesome Mortal Kombat games, movies, and so on that the franchise has put out over the years. It's also exciting to see where this new game will take things. And now it is over to you. What is your favorite Mortal Kombat game, movie, or show? Let us know down in the comments. Other than that, we'll see you next time when I talk about all things comics. been 23 years since the release of the last Mortal Kombat movie, and as you might imagine, a lot has happened in the world of MK since then. 
So if you're looking to jump into the upcoming Mortal Kombat reboot or just catch up on the story so far, this is Mortal Kombat in 10 minutes. we need to understand its universe, which is made up primarily of realms. Realms are like planets, only instead of existing in the same space, they each exist in their own separate dimension. The four most notable realms in Mortal Kombat are Earth Realm, the closest thing to our own Earth, Realm, Outworld, a mostly desolate and purpley realm with ambitions of conquest, Edania, a beautiful and magical realm until it got conquered, and Nether Realm. This realm is like, well, it's hell. Let's just call it hell. These realms don't get along. Outworld in particular is always looking to conquer and absorb as many realms as it can, that is, until the Elder Gods created. No, 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 not that one. This one. Mortal Kombat. Under the rules of Mortal Kombat, before a realm can be invaded and taken over, the invading realm must defeat the defending realms ten times in a row, with a new Mortal Kombat tournament taking place every generation. Turns out, Edenia probably deserved to get conquered, as Outworld bested them in 10 tournaments, thus causing the two realms to merge, and bringing together the Queen of Edania, Sindel, and the ruler of Outworld, Shao Kahn. Miserable and sickened by being married to Shao Kahn, Sindel commits suicide, but in doing so, also places a ward on Earthrealm, Shao Kahn's next target, to prevent him from stepping foot inside. This brings us to the events of Mortal Kombat 1. Shao Kahn uses the Outworld sorcerer Shang Tsung to invoke Mortal Kombat against Earthrealm, Everyone fights, the tournament is won by the Great Kung Lao, and Shang Tsung runs back to Outworld in shame. When Shang Tsung comes back for another try, he brings a new secret weapon, the Shokan Prince Goro, who we can only assume does horrible things to Kung Lao, like this. Goro wins. Fatality. And Outworld goes on to win nine consecutive Mortal Kombat tournaments. The tenth and decisive tournament is what you play through in the first Mortal Kombat game. Canonically, everyone fights, Liu Kang wins, and Shang Tsung runs back to Outworld in shame. In Mortal Kombat 2, Shang Tsung returns with a new plan. Have a fake tournament take place in Outworld so Shao Kahn can deal with the Earthrealm warriors himself. Everyone fights, Liu Kang wins, and both Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung run home in shame. By Mortal Kombat 3, Shao Kahn is fed up with the rules of Mortal Kombat and enacts a new plan that doesn't involve winning martial arts tournaments. He commands his Shadow Priest, led by Shang Tsung, to resurrect Sindel inside Earthrealm, which would allow him to cross into Earthrealm to reclaim her, fully brainwashed into believing she's his loyal and loving wife. Or so we thought. Turns out, as we learn in Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, Sindel was never actually brainwashed. She's a natural villain through and through but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, in all too familiar story, everyone fights, Liu Kang wins, more shame, and now Quan Chi and Shinnok take on the role of big bads in Mortal Kombat 4. The fallen elder god Shinnok finds his way to the newly restored Edenia, kidnaps the now sane Queen Sindel and Princess Kitana, and launches an attack on both Earthrealm and the Heavens. Wanna guess what happens next? Everyone fights, Liu Kang wins, Shinnok gets banished to the Netherrealm, in shame, and also this happens. This is brutality! You can't do it! Wrong, Jarek. This is not a brutality. This is a fatality. Mortal Kombat 4 was... it was something. We're gonna fast forward a bit through Deadly Alliance, Deception, and Armageddon because, well, it's a lot. The cliff notes, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi become best friends, but then they try to kill each other. Liu Kang dies, but comes back as a zombie. This scary dragon is brought to life thanks to this guy. 
but then gets killed by the combined might of every combatant focused into one punch. Raiden makes the ultimate heroic sacrifice. It fails, and then he comes back as a villain. Literally everyone fights. Literally everyone dies, except these two. And this is where things get a little bit messy. In Raiden's dying moments, he hits the reset button and sends us all the way back to the events of Mortal Kombat 1, which is where we begin Mortal Kombat 9. Raiden has but one clue to prevent the Armageddon of the previous timeline. He must win. Most of MK9 plays out the same as MK1, 2, and 3, with Liu Kang still winning the first two tournaments, though Kung Lao is killed by Shao Kahn this time around in the second tournament. Sindel is still revived and Shao Kahn and his forces still invade Earthrealm. But in Raiden's desperation to do something different to change the apocalyptic fate that he has foreseen, he inadvertently lets a handful of his strongest allies die at the hands of Sindel. The whole ordeal left Liu Kang pretty pissed at Raiden, and when the time came to follow along with his new plan of allowing Shao Kahn to merge the realms, Liu Kang turned against his former friend, culminating with the Thunder God killing Earthrealm's mightiest warrior. Turns out, merging the realms wasn't such a bad idea. When Shao Kahn enters into Earthrealm, he breaks the rules of Mortal Kombat, which causes the Elder Gods to share their power with Raiden, allowing the Thunder God to finally kill Shao Kahn. Sometime later, Shinnok proceeds to enact his plan to corrupt the Jinsei Chamber in Mortal Kombat X, only this time, he's stopped by Earth's newest mightiest warrior, Johnny Cage. Twenty years go by and the mantle of Earthrealm's defenders has been passed on to a new generation. Cassie Cage, Jackie Briggs, Kong Jin, and Takeda. Quan Chi sets loose his army of reanimated mortal combatants, frees Shinnok from his amulet, but immediately gets fatality. Shinnok then runs amok, kidnaps Johnny Cage, poisons the Jinsei, and transforms into this all-powerful god beast. Everything is f***ing insane. The fate of Earthrealm falls to Cassie Cage, who battles against the corrupted Shinnok. Thanks to her dad's special green glowy power and the exceptional skill of whoever was playing, she manages to defeat him. A battered and beaten Raiden is brought to the Jinsei chamber to purify it, good feels are shared all around, and credits roll. Except, that's not where our story ends. Turns out, there's a being even more powerful than the Elder Gods, and her name is Kronika, a titan who is the keeper of time. Kronika is not happy with the meddling of Raiden and the effect that it has had on the balance of good and evil, the timeline, and so her big evil plan is, well, you guessed it, another timeline reset. But that's not the only threat looming. Raiden's new dark disposition caused by the corruption he took into himself from the Jinsei chamber, along with his possession of Shinnok's amulet, has him at odds against Netherrealm. War is brewing. Raiden leads a preemptive attack on Netherrealm that results in the death of Sonya Blade and the devastation of Netherrealm's forces. Kronika arrives to recruit a demoralized Liu Kang and Katana with the enticing promise of a reset world with no Raiden, an idea that fills Revenant Liu Kang with childlike glee. She starts to enact her plan, which erases the corrupted Raiden from existence and starts to cause a collision of the present timeline with timelines of old. Some fighters must come to grips with and try to resist their bleak futures, others must confront the demons of their past, and others still need to accept the fact that they were utterly insufferable in their younger years. How the hell do I ever sleep with that guy? Ultimately, the powers of good prevail as everyone fights, Liu Kang wins by absorbing the powers of Raiden and becoming a fire god, and Kronika and her plans get shattered into a thousand pieces. 
But wait, there's even more. The good Raiden and Liu Kang figure that maybe resetting the timeline isn't such a bad idea after all, and thus attempt to use Kronika's hourglass to sculpt a new history, a better one, with Liu Kang and Kitana as its architects. But before Liu Kang can do the deed, he is interrupted by Shang Tsung, who warns Liu Kang that if he attempts to use the hourglass without Kronika's crown, it will mean the destruction of all realms. So, in order to prevent that from happening, Shang Tsung somehow manages to convince Liu Kang to go along with his plan for what is essentially a time heist to steal Kronika's crown before she ever comes into possession of it. Shang, Nightwolf, and Fujin go back in time to arrive in the middle of the battle between Shao Kahn and Kitana during the events of Mortal Kombat 11. Over the course of the Aftermath campaign, Shang Tsung does what Shang Tsung does best. Gets what he wants by manipulating those around him with that trademark eating grin. Of course it did. He builds up an army to challenge Kronika thanks to the revival of Sindel. Several double crosses later, Shang Tsung appears to have succeeded in his master plan of stealing Kronika's crown for himself and attempts to reset the timeline for the sake of his own new era. When, you wouldn't guess it, Liu Kang interrupts him for one last showdown. But this time, Liu Kang only wins if you let him. The final choice of who shapes Mortal Kombat's new era is in your hands. But for the sake of keeping this whole thing consistent, let's just assume you chose Liu Kang. Liu Kang's new era has him going all the way back to the events even before the first Mortal Kombat, where he greets a young great Kung Lao and chooses him as his champion, presumably to train him up and make sure that this doesn't happen this time around. Goro wins. Fatality. And that is where we currently stand with the entire story of Mortal Kombat. Thanks for watching. If you want more Mortal Kombat, make sure to check out our video highlighting every single Mortal Kombat character, along with our director breakdown of the Mortal Kombat movie trailer. And for everything else, keep it here on IGN.